everyone, welcome back to the SBK betting podcast, a week of controversy in horse racing. The last time we spoke, we were waiting for three equine stars to be unleashed on the track. And unfortunately, they weren't running uh, because of ground uh, conditions. So we have had a week of interesting comments, and it has been one where we have moaned about the fact that our state of our ground has meant that we can't run our horses and it is a shame but we're lucky to see that a couple of them are going to reappear this weekend instead and we could spend this whole podcast discussing the week that was but we will instead revel in the glory of ross's winners last week he was on fire botax has a 10 to 1 winner of the stairs race at haydock and his winning nap Cochlear at four to one. So I know that Ross, you've got plenty of things to say from the weekend that's gone by, but we're going to revel in that glory instead. Well done to you. Uh, a wonderful weekend uh, of winners. It was a nice weekend of winners, Jess, and it was nice to see Team Moore with a big winner. I think they're exceptionally likable people, and it's always nice in the sport to see emerging talent. And I thought Kaylin Quinn gave. Botox has such a cool ride from the front. You know, he's he's pretty experienced for his claim, but even so, I think that would have been the biggest race he's ridden in and just impressed me hugely. He was in the right place the whole way. Um, and the horse always going to stay. He used his uh, his confirmed stamina and yeah, it's it just nice to see nice people do well. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, lovely um, interviews with Gary Moore as well and that big weekend double, obviously, with Goshen as well. Right, we're going to head into this weekend and look at the Coral Gold Cup at Newbury. And as I said, I hate to moan about anything as we have had a lot of negativity this week. But I have to say that I think the quality in this race has some, lacked somewhat in recent years. I'm delighted we have a festival winner in the shape of Coral Rambler in here. But the horse that came down in this last year, Remastered, has to be one of the, the leading chances, just shows that it does really lack a real showcase. I hope there'll be something a bit more fresh kid on the block style to get us excited, or a true graded horse carrying a bit of weight. And obviously we do have Fanny and Destreval, but we are lacking on Willie Mullins runners. And obviously we do have a 16 runner field led by three under three, five. And I said that festival winner, Corrup Crambler, but really looking through this, it's not a vintage renewal and it's a shame. I don't know what it could be, Ross, I'm looking at you. Is it prize money? Is it ground? Is it the big handicaps outside of the Cheltenham meeting at all, just not being supported as they once were, but this just really doesn't look like a race of, of its old for me. No, sort of the old Hennessy was brilliant, wasn't it? Because you often had sort of second season novice coming through on the, on the road to Gold Cup success um, sometimes. I think it's probably a factor of all those things you mentioned, prize money, ground, a diminishing horse population. Um, plenty of the good horses are in this country. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I think all of those. I think it'll be a competitive race, but I don't think it'll be a vintage race, that's for certain. Yeah, I think you're right, spot on about the horses not being in this country. It's good to see Joseph O'Brien bring Bustleton over, um, but that's the, the 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 true Irish player. Obviously, Willie Mullins had three in this race last year. Perhaps his horses aren't just ready yet. You get the sense that he's just waiting for them. Um, but Tom, you know, as Ross says, it is a competitive race, and um, we saw a big double price figure runner uh, winner in this last year. 
can you see something outside of the obvious or does this uh, does this appeal to you from the top of the batting? Yeah, well, I think the obvious is probably remastered. Now, I know you said he came down last year, but he was going to probably win that race uh, when he unfortunately took a massive heavy fall as well. It was a really bad fall. So it was just fingers crossed he got up and he did and he's raced since. And, you know, he's shown that he still retains that ability. Based on last year's effort, you would say he is probably the most likely winner. Corrick Rambler comes back off a seasonal reappearance, one at the Cheltenham Festival last year, has that class edge. But outside of those, you're kind of looking at handicappers that generally pit their wits at a lower level. I think there are a couple in here that are interesting at slightly bigger prices. The first is Le Milos, who's going to be my number one selection in the race. Now, I always thought that Tim Vaughan, who previously trained Le Milos, never really got to the bottom of this horse because one day he would show up and win and be really impressive, post an RPR in the mid-140s. And we think, yeah, this horse is now ready to take a step up to the next level. And then the next day he'd come back and finish last of eight. And it, it was kind of it was really difficult to assess where Le Milos was in his career. However, what we saw last year when he was still with Tim Vaughan was that he improved dramatically to be where he stepped up to three miles. Three miles clearly brought out that extra uh, key to, to Lamilos and subsequently moved to Dan Skelton. Well, we know what that kind of stable switch has done in the past. He produced a really impressive mm -hmm. display at Bangor on his reappearance. I mean, he didn't jump very well. He made a really bad mistake down the back. Um, he just dived at one. Harry asked for a big one and Lamilos didn't really pick up. But he instantly refound his stride and he cruised through that race. He looked like a horse that was well capable of performing at a much higher level than he was. Now, he beat Lord de Maynil before lengths. And if you look at that race on, on paper, you'd be thinking, well, that's probably not good enough to win a Hennessy. But at the same time, Lemilos is open to a lot of improvement and he's still £4 well in, in off a mark of one four six. The other horse I like in here, and I don't want to steal Ross's thunder because I've got a feeling he's also going to mention this horse, uh, is Anne Sam. He's a double-figure price. I think he's a good each-way play in this race. His form figures first time up, read 5-6-F-4-8. He would have needed his reappearance run last time out. Just put a line through that. I thought he ran perfectly fine in the London Gold Cup. They'd have primed him for this race. He hacked up at Newbury last year in a much weaker and smaller field event, but it was impressive nonetheless. And I think he's got a good each-way chance for Evan Williams, who's a good shrewd trainer, with just 10 stone five on his back. So, lay me loss and and Sam for me, Jess. Okay, and Sam, definitely going to ask Ross about this because he's been a, a real friend to the podcast in the past. A quick one on Lemmy Loss with the ground officially good as it is and looking at his prior form from French horse, would that be a concern for you? Yeah, I mean, it's probably a little concern, but Harry Skelton and Dan Skelton tend to get the horses ready for, for good ground or good to soft ground during the early season. So, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a huge negative. It's a little unknown, but at the same time, I expect him to handle it. Yeah, where I'm sitting at the moment in London, it's pretty dry and sunny. And as we know, last week, the ground dries out very quickly um, in these Southern England tracks. Ross, we mentioned Anne Sam. We've talked about the quality in this race. Am I being unfair? Am I? Is there a horse in here that could be Gold Cup quality in due course and that this is a, a stepping stone to that? Or is this a, their Gold Cup as it would be? I mean, be careful what you say with horses because they will surprise you. <laughs> That there's not a chance there's a gold cup horse in this field. Not a <laughs> chance. Um, that's a that. I, I think it is a, 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 a <laughs> I think it is a real a real handicap. Um, so as as TC said, I, I I do like Ansam. I like Evan Williams' yard. They're quite hard to to get hold of at times, but I think sometimes you can see they've lined themselves up for one from a fair way out. And I think this has certainly been the case with Ansam. Really, probably the 
best handicapped horse in the race. He won the Howard and Silver Cup at Ascot last year off a mark of 134. He was getting £3 from Phoenix Way. He was four lengths back. But Phoenix uh, Way is now 145 rated. Um, you know, I, I just think he's off 137, very well handicapped. He'll like this good ground and plenty aren't. I mean, mm. I personally think Lamilos is going to get taken off his feet. All his form is on heavy ground. He's fundamentally a slow stayer. I think you're going to have to travel in the early part of the race for this. Um, you couldn't just stand by Antam alone, though, because he can jump sketchily at times. I think you'll know your fate with him fairly early. If he gets into a rhythm, you've got a, a good chance of him delivering his race. But he can jump uh, fairly averagely at times. Uh, remastered, I tipped him last year um, and was very happy going to four out. And, uh, and I think it was uh, Fergal Gillard's mm-hmm. inexperience that put him on the floor, to be fair. But I was very confident in hindsight that he was going to stay comfortably. And I followed him all the way through the rest of the season to my cost because he looked a non-stayer a couple of times at Haydock. Had wind surgery after that, still looked a non-stayer. Had subsequent wind surgery in the in the summer and ran very well at, at Aintree over hurdles. But that was off an £11 lower mark. <laughs> and it was over three miles. He has got to go an extra quarter of a mile here. At six to one, he might well be the horse that I thought he was last year. But he's still, for me, got to go and prove he stays. So I can avoid mm. him at the prices. Fiddler on the roof, I think we should mention him. He was a really good second last year. But that came off a mark of 150. I think last year's race was deeper, albeit that actually a horse that beat him probably wasn't the one of the ones that I considered to be a, a, a solid player. Uh, he's now off 155. I think that is a fairly big ask. So the other one I came down on, I mentioned him anti-post in the Ultimate podcast we did uh, previewing the season, is our power for Sam Thomas. It's a bit of a shame and a, for me a negative that Charlie Deutsch is not him. That's no slight to Sam Twist and Davies. Just, I'm a big fan of Charlie Deutsch, and I think he gets on this horse in particular, gets him into a rhythm. Uh, his form of his win at uh, Kempton is looking, sorry, Ascot is looking really good. Pop Boutini was fifth, 17 lengths behind him, was second last week at Haydock. Uh, he's got plenty of pace, this horse. He's one over two mile four, mm. and he will love this good ground. Uh, I thought the uh, Ultima Chase is decent form. He's got... A bit of distance to find with Corrett Rambler. I think he's £4 better off and he was beaten 11 lengths, but he lost ground turning in at, at Cheltenham. He, he got bumped back and finished really well. And the run that really caught my eye was last year at Kempton, where he finished very wide on the track, but really flew home. I think he's going to love this mm-hmm. trip. I think he could be over four miles later in the season. I really do. Um, I love this horse. I wish Charlie Deutsch was on. Sam Tristan Davis is a decent replacement. Um, I probably won't go in again at the prices because I'm on anti-post, but I think he's got to be, if you've not got him on side, you need to get him on side uh, before the weekend. Yeah, interestingly, Al Power has only ran at Newbury the once. I do think it really will suit him as a track. He's obviously got plenty going for him, but as a track, he's only ran there once before. That was back in 2018. Wayne Hutchinson was still uh, riding the juvenile hurdle, which he won. Um, so I, I, you'd imagine that yeah, it'll be it'll, it'll really benefit him. And as you say, Charlie Deutsch not riding... But he'll be up at, at Newcastle and Sam Justin Davis has been his uh, second best plenty of times. Um, a really good case there for our power. Um, currently around 10 to 1. Uh, Lemilos is 8 to 1 and Sam 16 to 1. Um, uh, Ross has touched on Fiddler on the Roof and I think quite right. £5 rise compared to last year when he was second 
is hefty. Um, the yard was going through quite a quiet patch then. Um, I think it was a really solid run, but Joe Tizard, now obviously the full license holder, he starts off really strongly. Fiddler on the roof, the one benefit that I love about him, he's a very sound jumper of offense. Brendan Powell rides Newbury very well. Interestingly, they've got the cheap pieces on for the first time. This is the kind of horse that just pitches up in these kind of races and always runs a blinder, uh, run a blinder in the national. Um, and I just, I really like him as a horse in this kind of race. Um, I'm also going to throw in Lord Accord, who's come back this season and fine form with a win at Cheltenham and a second to Frodon in the Bajabirs. I like his front running tactics for a race like this. Um, by Yates, who another produces fine um, uh, fence jumpers. And he's a stayer, and you've definitely got to stay, normally because we see it as a bit of a slog, but it, it will be pretty decent ground on, on Saturday um, for these horses. So that's the uh, Coral Gold Cup, um, which plays out Saturday. There's plenty of racing um, throughout the course of the weekend over in Ireland as well. But the real talking race will be the fighting fit fifth. And we'll touch on this from a, but it will see uh, Constitution Hill, we hope, run if the ground doesn't get any quicker. Um, it can't have firm into it, in it, according to Nikki Henderson. It's good soft at the moment. Tom, as I said, is a betting proposition, not really, not really much. You do have last two, the, the winners from last year reopposing um, to take on Constitution Hill. Obviously, Epitaph does get that weight sway. Uh, so you think that might just help her. Um, but it sounds like what they're talking, Tom, that this horse is just more electric this year than he was last. Yeah, well, Constitution Hill just isn't in the same league as Epiton. He's way above. Epiton's a very good mare, don't get me wrong, but Constitution Hill is probably one of the best hurdlers and actually rated one of the best novice hurdlers we've ever seen. I think the best, actually. Um, so they shouldn't be in the same league. I mean, Newcastle aren't going to let the ground get firm or, or have firm in the description. Constitution Hill should have run seven days ago uh, before. He was obviously planned to run seven days ago. Didn't happen. Um, that's kind of thrown his schedule off a little, but I think he'll run on Saturday. He'll win. It should be a cakewalk. Everton in second. I think that I think considering where they are, you, you, it's a, it's great to see them uh, race against each other. But Everton's going to have to massively improve. You'd imagine um, considering um, what Constitution Hill did and the times he put in. But as we said last week, Ross, he's still got to prove himself in open company. You love to say this, it's a horse race. Anything can happen. And I'm just pleased that Not So Sleepy, uh, the Huey Morrison team are, are brave enough to run in this because you need a horse like this just to make it a little bit more entertaining. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a, a, a race to be watched and, you know, the, the vibes coming out of Seven Barrows, you know, he's taken another step forward. Well, if we get to all see that, I'm happy enough. You know, I think, I think he's the most exciting horse in the country. And let's hope he takes a big step forward. You'd like to see him win comfortably. I'd like to see him win on this good ground on a flatter track. I think that's uh, to, to everyone's benefit. And uh, hopefully it's the first step first step forward and no one's got anything to grumble about. Yeah, totally. It's a shame that Pi Piper isn't a runner. Um, Gordon Elliott was, uh, had him in, but didn't want to take on Constitution Hill and Epitan, which is um, slightly bizarre considering most of the time the Irish have no qualms about taking on our horses, are pretty happy to do it. Um, but that just goes to show the, the, the level that even the Irish have um, respect for Constitution Hill. Um, so I thought that was really intriguing because normally of all people, Gordon Elliott is pretty happy um, to take on our horses. Um, so that is the fighting fifth. Let's hope that everyone remains in. Um, as I said, um, there are 
couple of the horses that we were meant to see last week are, are running due to run this weekend, including Long Presse as well. So um, we will ha hopefully have um, full full fields, no walkovers, good competitive racing. We're going to go into the bet of the week um, and next best as well. But before we do do so, um, here is a reminder that there are a number of excellent podcasts going out on the SBK po podcast platforms at the moment. Obviously, it is the World Cup. We've seen some spectacular results especially for the underdogs which we all love to see and not only do we have a regular SBK World Cup podcast with Gary Pallister and Lee Sharp but there is also a weekly NFL podcast with the one and only TC he records it with Nat Coombs and we can hear from Nat Coombs briefly now to tell us a bit more about SBK Edge Rush. SBK Edge Rush drops every week with me and Propo demonstrating, well, why there is such a gulf, quite frankly, even in NFL terms between Generation X and Gen Z. We get you set on the sharp side of the week's action with our favorite looks, tips and steers. Yep, there are Propo's prop bets. Of course, there's our SBK Edge Rush Acker and naturally the most important battle of all, me and all going head to head with our Drew Locks of the week. So if you haven't already, Check out me, Propo, and occasionally Coco and Pebbles over on SBK Edge Rush. And no, Propo still hasn't watched The Wire. Okay, on to the best of the week um, from Ross. This is definitely your moment to shine as you've shone for the last few weekends. So what have you got for us? So the nap is in the 2.30 at Newbury. A horse I think is probably the best handicap novice hurdler in the country. Uh, and that's Pika from the Skelton Yard. He had really good form in novice hurdles last year without winning. Finished a length behind Nappers Hill on debut at Chepstow. Nappers Hill is now 153. He was nine lengths behind John Bon at Haydock. You know, all know what John Bon's gone on to do. And he was three lengths behind I like to move it um, when falling at the last at Cheltenham. Uh, he returned with a win at Chepstow in novice hurdles because without his win, he was eligible for novices again this year with a really easy win. Um, Five lengths back in third was Mr. Chewy, who I think we can all say was going to win at Ascot last week. But for tipping up, he runs off a mark of 127 here. He is comfortably better than that mark. He'll like the ground. He'll like the long home straight at Newbury. I think he's going to take all the beating in the 230, the Joey Field. I wonder if 10-9 might be the lowest that Dan... Um, Harry Skelton does. It seems like a, a pretty low weight and um, you, you would do it for a horse like this, you'd think? Absolutely. I think he doesn't do much lighter, that's for certain. Um, I, I think they've got this horse very well handicapped. He's got plenty of experience. Um, I think he's a, a real smart prospect. Okay, pick off for best bet and next best. Um, we'll stick with you, Ross. Next best, I go uh, away from the from the big stage to Bangor for the 3.13. The Kim Bailey train gallant to Rome. Really caught my eye at Foss Lass on her first run this season. Got very badly outpaced over two miles, but stayed on really well. Um, under less than forceful riding, it has to be said. Certainly, uh, I think it was Kieran Gettings was on board at the time made very sure that she jumped properly over the final two she finished nine lengths behind a horse called Rathgall Hill uh, Sam Drinkwaters who I think is a very smart prospect she's ridden by Kai Lenahan in this um, who's really impressed me winning three times and Gerard Mentor who's the winner actually and David Bass and a, a good few have tried she steps up now on handicap debut from two miles up to three miles I think that's quite telling 
she's from a stamina laden family um i think she's really chucked you know here off the mark of 97 um, and i expect her to go very close under a promising young rider okay well we had a lot of success with ross's uh, selections last weekend so best of luck and some really interesting um, thoughts there around uh, your um, next best too okay Tom, I'm going to let you roll with your bet of the week, your next best, and your stat attack, please. Oh, do you want... Oh, Barney, we're going for a whole hat-trick all in one go. I don't think it's ever happened. We will do. <laughs> right. So I've, I've been living in Ross's shadow for the last two weeks. Ross, phenomenal tipping. Mm -hmm. Me, not so on the jump. So I'm switching to the all-weather. Back to something I know very well, Jess. Uh, the nap is going to be rare edition in the 12.40 at Doncaster. He ran really well in a couple of points. He finished fourth first time up behind a horse called St. Davy, who's now with John Joe O'Neill and is unbeaten under rules. Second time up, he ran second behind Kalanisi Star at Corbet House. Kalanisi Star won on bumper debut in Ireland, beating a horse called Monbeg Park, who has also subsequently won. So the point form is working out really nice. Rare Edition was then purchased for £450,000 at the Cheltenham sales. He made a de his debut for Charlie Longston in a bumper, beating a horse called It's So Fury. Now, It's So Fury is two from two for John Joe and Neil under rules. Again, the form working out well. And then last time out, over hurdles, rare edition bolted up at a short price in a really weak race. He won with head and chest. It was just a piece of work. He gets some kind of opposition this time, but I think he's miles better than them. I think he's a graded horse running a novice company, and you should be backing him in the 1240 at Doncaster. Should we go on to the stat attack? I think we must do. You're on a roll there, Tom. Cool. Stat attack. I like this one as well, um, because it's something that people have been pushing on social media and that I've been trying to mention as well. Everyone was highlighting how bad Venetia Williams's form was coming into mm. the last week or so. She had failed to get a winner for over 200 days. Her horses just weren't running well at all. She was having a couple of place runners uh, eventually, but, you know, pre previous to that, they were all running like drains. It was terrible to see. But in the last week, she's had four winners. She's starting to fire again. And now she's going, sending some horses to Newbury, something which you should always follow. Venetia Williams with chases at Newbury over the last five years, 27%, seven winners from 26 runners. Those selections, if you put a pound on each one of them, you'd have a level stakes profit of plus £39.75. Really good statistic there for Venetia Williams with chases at Newbury. I think she has four running um, on Saturday. It might be less though, because I haven't looked after declarations. But her four originally were Pink Legend in the 120, Shambard and Fanyan Destrabal in the 305, and Brave Siaska in the 340. Yeah, good to see Venetia hitting a bit of form, uh, seeing her in the winner's enclosure. And she uh, yeah, she looks to just about to turn a little bit of a corner and uh, a nice stat attack to, to prove that. Um, I'm going to throw my uh, two cents in for my best bet, my next best. Uh, Mr. Coffee in the 120 at Newbury. He's a bit of an enigma. Sometimes he wants to be good. Sometimes he wants to be bad. Um, and I'm hoping that he'll be on good form at Newbury this Saturday. He can, if you want to, jump a fence really well. Um, if you go back to his Camille run, um, he was uh, a, a good a, a good second in that race at Cheltenham. He just showed how he can get, um, he, can, he can really run a, a big one. James Bowen's on board this time as Nico's at uh, Newcastle. I'm, I'm, James can really get the best out of horses and really make them put their best foot forward. The only time that they run together didn't work out that well, but I think he's learning. He's a really big gangly looking horse last season. I like to hope that he's kind of filled into himself a little bit more um, and could be this could be his season to really find him. My next best is Malacana in the 155 at Newbury. Um, this is a horse I still think is really well handicapped on the jump, over jumps. She's been just phenomenal on the flat this 
season. Um, she's a horse that I think is still slightly underrated for Ian Williams. Um, she's really fit and fresh um, from that from those excursions on the flat. The last two wins have been to show how gutsy she is. But she's been real. She's been really interesting since they put the cheap pieces on her. Um, and I think that she can run a big race um, at Newbury in the uh, in the handicap hurdle um, where this race could have a good horse and walking on air. He could be still well handicapped. Um, but he still has to give weight away to Malacana. So those are the best bets and the next best. I'm going to quickly just run through the Coral Gold, Gold Cup selections, Al Power and Ansam for Ross. Um, for, for Tom, we've got Lemilos and Ansam, and I've gone for Fiddler on the Roof and Lord Accord. So best of luck for the big one this weekend. And a reminder that new SBK customers can get £30 in free bets by betting £10. T's and C's always apply. Please remember to subscribe to whichever podcast channel you listen to. We're also on YouTube as well, where you can see our pretty little faces. Uh, but there, as we said, for the World Cup, there's plenty of other podcast content if you're enjoying your football at the moment. Um, so make sure to revisit, rejoin us uh, next week and have a very good weekend.